Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast here on the campus of Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. My name is Jared Piles, and with me is Dr. Robert McDole. Hello, Dr. Robert McDole. Hello, Jared. How are you today? I'm doing well. We are wrapping up our series on servant teaching. We've had a lot of fun talking with some great people about their approaches to servant teaching. And we're going to kind of put a bow on it, but with the realization that servant teaching really is the foundation to all of our teaching, yeah, all of our instruction, and whether we're integrating technology, creating assessments, delivering content, servant teaching is kind of the cornerstone that we're using for yeah. our education. I'd say my hope for this series would be that whoever's listening, our faculty, others outside, Christian educators, that they would just not necessarily try to do everything that they've heard from someone on the podcast, but they would just take a little bit of time and think about the why. If they're believers, then they're going to think, what's the mindset of Christ about what I'm doing? And instead of just doing something because it was the way you did it, the way think, you were taught. The you way mean, you were taught. Yeah. yeah, sorry. You know, that you're thinking about it a little bit more explicitly. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring up, you kind of hit on this, but servant teaching isn't relegated to believers of Jesus. I mean, servant teaching is a practice that anyone can do. Oh, yeah. We just happen to come at it from a different mindset because it literally defines who we are as believers in Christ. Right. So. It fits most assuredly in, in, in Christendom. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So we had a, we're going to run through a little bit of, uh, we've kind of taken all these interviews and discussions that we've had, we've kind of boiled it down as best as we could into a couple of talking points. When we had Dr. Hutchison on, he talked a lot about how he puts servant teaching into practice in the classroom. Right. In his content. When Jim Leitenheimer was on, he, it, was, it, was, it was more outside the classroom. You know, he was imparting a set of skills on his students, but he saw it as a way of helping students get connected, get networked, and finding their, where their gifts are. Right. And his content was more skill set, whereas Hutchison, because he teaches Bible, it's it's ingrained in every part of the student's being. Yeah, Hutchison was a little bit more philosophical, you know, more of the handling of content and handling it properly. But I think also thinking through how can he service his students. He's really big on... When they come in, where are they? And then he would change or augment what he was doing in the class. Not that he would change his objectives, but he would definitely do what he could to fill needed gaps as he saw them. And and I agree with you with Mr. L. Not that he was taking his hands off content by no means. Sure. I think anybody who's had him knows that that's not the case. But I think where he really emphasized his drive towards servant teaching was, like you said, looking for talent and where that talent fits, and that each person that came through his through his area, in his vicinity, um, he took that seriously, and it was more than just getting a grade in a class. It was being successful in whatever 
talent that they had within that sphere. Yeah, I think one of the more important things that Mr. L talks about is, you know, when he sits down with those advising sessions with the students, the first question he asks them is, what is your vision? What is your goal for yourself Mm -hmm. outside of school? And then he takes that and he recognizes, because he's been in the field for so long, he recognizes that their gifting may not necessarily be in that goal that they have. So he's able to, with the way he communicates with the students and builds that relationship to steer them in a different direction. He did that with me when I was a student. I had this grand vision my senior year of college. Like, this is what I'm doing. I remember talking to someone and the next day, sitting down in his office and saying, this is it. This is my goal. And he was very politely and gently there over the course of about an hour or so. He dashed my dreams. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> so I'm just curious. Now you got me curious. What in the world was this? So I had a this, I, this goal. I had a grand vision of owning my own recording studio, oh. having a studio where artists would come in and record and I'd produce music. Okay. I thought this is it. And he was like, no. <laughs> Not necessarily because I didn't have the skill set. I believe he saw the skill set in me to do that. But he was bringing me back down to earth after I had this high in the clouds talk with an industry person. Oh, okay. He brought me back down to say, look, that's going to take you 25 years because you've got to start early. You're going to spend 10 years moving microphones before you even could look at a board in a studio. So he's like, let's be realistic here. Mm. And honestly, it made all the difference in the world for me. I didn't like him at the time, but... You so know, it worked out. you changed. I did change, totally. That's why I'm here right now. And here you are recording people. <laughs> we also talked to Dr. Schultz, yeah. Dr. Quentin Schultz. And his, his emphasis was more on making his content accessible to mm-hmm. students by recording his lectures and and having open dialogue and communication with them as well. Well, also his his emphasis on respecting the image of God in his students and... Also putting them in the driver's seat of their education. So he wasn't uh, he wasn't shirking his responsibility as the instructor, but he also addressed them in such a way that it came across that they would need to take control of their education. Yeah. They would need to participate. Yeah, there's a bit of ownership involved that he was talking about. But so playing that role. And when we had Tom Mack on, he talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. He talked about the authority that he has as an instructor. You know, he's still the authority in the classroom. He's still the one giving the grade. Right. But at the same time, he sees the importance of building that relationship with students and helping them understand the content and motivating them to understand the content because he respects the students as well. Yeah. Well, I thought that was, I thought those were two good takeaways. I mean, you mentioned Dr. Mack and yeah, there's definitely a sensitivity. I think he I think he balances that well between being a teacher, being a professor, being probably the smartest one in the room, at least as in terms of his area of study. Yeah. But at the same time, treating others with respect and not talking down to them or belittling them or making them feel threatened in any way. He's truly interested in them being excited about the content that he's teaching. And yeah. Because he is. So. Sure. Yeah. I think his excitement, it may not come out as much in his delivery, mm-hmm. um, but you can feel that his he loves history and he loves the content. Right. And the way he presents that to his students shows that as well. And his care for wanting to have students understand it by, you know, having them respond to different ideas and seeing those ideas come together at the end of the semester 
but also having those study sessions with his students that he himself goes to. It's not a TA that does it. He himself goes to these study sessions and he makes sure the students are prepared for their exams in advance. So let me ask you this. If you, I'm, I'm turning this now to you, what is one takeaway? What is one thing that you would want to impart onto a faculty member of wanting to start or continue and refine their servant teaching? I think it would be to choose an area, you know, do a self-assessment and, and be honest with yourself. Because I think we've seen two different sides. We've seen a holistic approach where servant teaching comes in from a holistic concern for the student. And we've also seen a, a servant teaching approach where it comes in through the content and then develops those relationships. Um, and I think both, you know, as Forrest Gump would say, it's both happening at the same time. Uh, you can choose to take that out if you want. I'm leaving it in. But I think that's ultimately what I would want faculty to do is just choose one of those areas that maybe you feel like you're not so good at or you're not really clear on why you do those things. Are you paying attention to the to the legacy that you're leaving with these students? Because you are, one way or the other. You're affecting them for eternity, one way or the other. Because there's no kind of just null, you know. They came through my class, they got a B, they left, they were unchanged. I mean, you and I can probably think about all the teachers that really didn't make an impact on us. That's still an impact. Yeah. Right? Because there was an opportunity missed, maybe. Some of that could have been us as students. I, I understand that. But I think sometimes you also know when there are faculty who just don't care. Or they're so wrapped up in their content that they can't see that the students are struggling, you know? Like, oh, that's too bad. I guess those of you who are good at it, you'll do good. Those that aren't, oh, well. It doesn't seem to be so helpful, maybe. I Yeah, and I, I would, my follow-up question would be then, what are those areas that you would have them choose from to improve their servant teaching? I, I would ha- say... I have one. Okay. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the one that just came to mind is being clear on expectations. God gave us clear expectations in his word. We don't get halfway to heaven by halfway believing in Jesus. Uh, it says, put your faith and trust in him. Call on his name. You will be saved. So there's a clear understanding of how to meet that. In education, it should be the same. We shouldn't be hiding objectives from people. You know, actually, this is my objective, but I'm not going to tell you. Or, hey, class, this is what you need to do to get a C. And if you want to do better, you're going to have to figure it out. You want an A, you're going to have to figure it out. Probably the other one that might be not so helpful or serving others is to say, hey, guess what? I don't give anybody A's, especially if you don't have like rubrics where you're trying to at least be consistent with your grading. I mean, we already know from from science that your grading changes depending on the time of day, what you've eaten or not eaten, and if you've gotten in a fight with someone, and then, you know, an argument or whatnot, and then it changes your grading, and you might take it out on your students. I think I could probably talk with any teacher, myself included, and know when I've done that. Nobody, oh, yeah. we don't want to admit it, but the reality is, oh yeah, you know, we've done it, and that's 
definitely not reflective, I think, of a of a servant teaching mindset. Definitely lumped myself into that. I would just focus on that. I would say, if you were to ask me that question, I would say that the first step is being reflective. Mm. It's almost like when you write a paper that you know isn't great and you don't want to go back and read it again because you know it's going to be really bad. Like I just, you know, when we're recording this, I've just finished my literature review and I'm trying my best to get back into it to read it because mm. I know it's good, but I don't want to find out. I turned Grammarly on for the first time since starting the draft and found close to 600 suggestions. I mean, it's 57 pages, but I mean, still, I don't want to go through all those, you know, but I want to have to eventually. I, I think being reflective is an important part of it. And like Dr. Hutchinson talks about tailoring his instruction every semester and making notes throughout the semester of things to change for the next semester. Yeah. Dr. Schultz talked about recording yourself and going back or even audio or video and going back and seeing it. Yeah. Those are all reflective pieces. Right. So I think, and it could be in the assessments you do as well. Man, why are my students all, why do they all tank this assessment? Yeah. Is it the students or is it me? You know, just starting that process of servant teaching with reflection. Yeah. I think to me is an important one. Well, it's that, it's that question, why? Yeah. I mean, we've had it since we were little kids. So it's just a matter of applying that three-letter word, why? Why did this go the way it did? Why did this assessment go the way it did? Why did my students not do X, Y, or Z? Why did I miss giving that particular piece of content out or, you know, emphasizing it? And you could go on and on and on with that, but I think it's a, what we're talking about, it's not a one and done. Yeah. Right? It's just a continual process, much like our our relationship with Christ. It's a continual process of being conformed to his image. And I think for a teacher, that's part of the process. I think that puts a bow on it for us. Yeah. All right. So thank you for joining us on this episode of Transform Your Teaching. We are going to have some detailed show notes for you on this whole series with this episode uh, to kind of go back and give us a good synthesis of all the the uh, interviews we've had and the uh, and some t- feedback. You can get some links and some articles and everything else for you to take a look at for that. So, yeah, what's what's the next series? Are we doing technology yet? I believe we're talking technology integration next. Yeah, the how, the what, and the why. In that order in some way, what, why, and how, I believe. What, why, and how. Or yes, what, right. why, whatever it is. How, what, why. We're covering. Why, how, what. We're covering all three questions. We hope you'll join us for that on the next episode of Transform Your Teaching. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.